The Property Den with Ken and Glenn. Come and join experienced property investors and mortgage brokers Ken and Glenn as they get the answers to the questions you've been waiting to ask. Nothing is off the table as we dive headfirst into all things property related. This is the podcast you never knew you needed, but now cannot live without. The Property Den with Ken and Glenn. Welcome back to this week's show of The Property Den with Ken and Glenn. How are we doing, Glenn? Very well. How are you, Ken? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm not too bad. It has been a crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you've been to the dentist and had drugs. A crazy, <laughs> a crazy two weeks, hasn't it? It's been a bit crazy. Oh, it has. It's, it's been absolutely mad. The market, I mean, honestly, it's just what a time to be a mortgage broker and what a time to be trying to buy a house or remortgage. It's just yeah. bananas. It is bananas. I mean, that term yo-yo, I mean, it really is like a yo-yo. I mean, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. Sometimes you're stuck halfway and it's just spinning and you just mm. don't know whether it's going to go up or down. I know, it's I know. Nice it's, uh, it's been challenging, but also it, there's been a lot of positives as well, which is which is also good. Yeah. So what sort of positives have you seen, Glenn? Well, I personally, I've just seen so much more activity um, with people buying i've actually asked the question as well so you know what's made you just make that decision now because i've been speaking to these people for the last six months um and they've said well we just want to get on with it and i know we touched on it sort of last week's podcast didn't we and a lot of people are just in that mindset now of rate going up rate going down rate going up rate going down bad press good press and i think they're just bored of it now and they're just like (laughs) look we can't afford it let's just do it and then let's just ride the storm and i think that's the mentality of a lot of people at the moment what about you yeah it's um it's very similar we have a lot of people that have come back after a long time away and like you say i think people are just biting the bullet and saying look it is what it is let's just get on with it as you say and um yeah they're not seeing it really go down much further but also now we are seeing rates going up and i think people want to capture the rates while they're still reasonably low um mm-hmm. which is mad isn't it reasonably low is not a term i thought we'd be saying with four and a half percent rates and things like that. But it is it is a sign of the times, isn't it? Yeah. And do you know what? I had a conversation with a customer literally two days ago and he said, oh, well, that rate, I think I feel it's a, a little bit too high to what I want to pay. And I said, well, it's going up tomorrow. So <laughs> it's, it's up to you. And he was like, yeah. oh, okay, no, yeah, let's lock it in. Yeah. So some, that's prime example, isn't it? It is a prime example. And I think people aren't also that appreciative of the fact that an agreement in principle, a lot of people think that locks in a rate. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, nationwide, if you do a nationwide decision in principle, you can actually secure a rate at the time. The period of time between when we do the decision in principle and when you come back, that time that's elapsed is also elapsing off you know, the sort of the rate deal. You've got a certain period of time to get it locked in. So mm-hmm. you are losing that time, but they're, they're pretty unique. Most lenders... The agreement in principle, decision in principle, doesn't allow you to secure a rate, does it, Glenn? No, that's right. And that is, yeah, very unique to Nationwide. And we've, we've used that multiple times, especially in this current climate. Um, but again, it just depends. I mean, we say Nationwide, it just depends. There might be other lenders out there that are better for for the client circumstances. Yeah. So um, it, it just depends, really. And again, like we say all the time, that's why you need to use a broker, because they can tell you what best way is moving forward. But Spot on market update ken i know your finger is on the pulse all the time 
<laughs> oh, sorry, there's a little snigger there. My finger is on the pulse, of course, yes. Uh, GDP, gross domestic product, was released. So the good thing about doing it fortnightly is actually quite a few events might occur. It gives us more content to talk to you guys about. Gross domestic product. Uh, what does it mean? Why does it matter? Well, gross domestic product actually measures um, if and how much the economy is growing. And mm. the data that was released showed that actually the last three months of last year, in fact, it wasn't growing, it was shrinking. And therefore, if you get three consecutives in a row, you are officially in a recession. And mm. that's how we ended last year. And of course, what's happened is people have seen the word recession, recession, and gone into panic mode and thought, well, bloody hell, what's going to happen now if we're in a recession? But the truth of the matter is, <laughs> most of us didn't know we were actually in a recession. Uh, yeah. And therefore, the, the feeling, the vibe in the market has been very positive. So mm. if the vibe in the market is very positive, but actually the data says back end of last year in a recession, does a recession actually matter? Yeah. I think sometimes the press make it worse. We're in recession. Yeah. It's like, are we? Okay, panic. Whereas if we mm. hadn't said that, then, you know, it, it, I just think that there's no reason for it. It just makes people make decisions that they may wouldn't you know they may never have done if they would have heard that word and it's, it's not a it's always a negative isn't it as well you know you, you can be in recession for a short period of time and then come out of it but no one ever shouts we're out of recession now do no. they? well the tories will if if they've influenced it um yeah. like the inflation of course you know they brought inflation down they didn't just yeah it's like a magic thing I will say that um, talking about the press, do you remember when everything went bad and the rates were rising really mm. exponentially? And mm. it was like the press just created so much more fire because they're getting on and they're saying, oh, rates here going up. How are, how is, how is the economy going to deal with it? How are mortgage customers going to deal with it? And they just created so much more issues for everybody. And rather, yeah. you know, and as brokers, we dealt with the fallout of that because, of course, it created a massive panic. But then as yeah. rates started coming down, they weren't then duly coming on and saying, actually, everybody calm down. Rates are coming down. It's going to be okay. They just left it. So they left yeah. it as didn't doesn't they? sell doesn't sell papers or it's not it clickbait, is it? No. Positive is, news is not clickbait, unfortunately. No, which is why, I mean, a lot of you may be aware that I've started writing articles and it's really good for us brokers to be involved in that because it allows us to have a voice. We're in the press, we're in the tabloid and we could tell it from our side. Um, talking about sides, have you been watching that uh, program, Breathless? Um, the NHS one, the doc. It's no, doc no, oh. I've seen, I've seen it advertised. I was going to click on it last night to watch, but I, it's gonna, all about yeah. COVID and that as well. It's about COVID, it? yeah. It's a diary of a, a doctor who, when obviously was on the COVID wards. Oh my goodness, get a tissue, get a box of tissues, get two boxes of tissues. It mm. is heart wrenching. Yeah, I know you watched the the post office one, which you, really yeah. was shocking, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. this has a very similar feel. Really? Oh, yeah. Right, I'll have yeah. to uh, I'll have to give it a watch. Yeah, and, and, uh, nice plug. You're not yeah. in it, are you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, I'm not in it. No, but it was it was yeah, breathless. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. Right. Okay. So that's GDP. Uh, it matters because obviously what people are buying and, and the market as it shrinks or ex expands obviously gives us a feel about how we are spending our money and how things are going in the economy. But I do think mm. that inflation is really the, the, the one thing that we need to keep an eye on. So we really need to see positive reduction in inflation. So that's going to be the next thing that we're going to be watching out for. Um, and rates are creeping back up, as we've already alluded to. Um, what's your take on that, Glenn? Because everywhere I look now, rates are going up. Yeah, it's frustrating because, again, it's sort of like a bit of a negative. But the way I'm 
you know educating our clients is just that well it has gone up but three weeks ago it was at that rate anyway so it mm. sort of dropped back down but then it's just gone back up again and it's not yeah. like it's going up 0.5 percent and a lot of lenders they're going up like 0.01 percent 0.02 percent so in reality it could it's not nice because it's putting um, your mortgage payments up but in some cases it can be like five pounds a month or something like that, you know, they've got a cup of coffee. So when you sort of like try and put it across to people in real terms, a lot of people are just like, oh, actually, that's not that bad then. Yeah. Whereas they don't see that. It's all very much panic again. You know, rates are going up, rates are going up. Um, and I just think as long as you think logically about it and how it affects you individually as a person, um, then the worst thing to do is panic. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah, I do. I think panicking is is it's what we were just talking about with the press. I think that's what creates more stress, more alarm. Uh, look at it from a financial perspective. Like you said, Glenn, you know, sometimes actually whilst the increase in numbers looks like a big percentage increase, actually monetary wise, it could just be a cup of coffee or a takeaway. Uh, and whilst it's not nice to see rates rise and obviously the increase happening, we've just got to keep it in perspective. And it mm -hmm. went down and it's just, like you say, it's just gone back up to probably where it was six months ago. So in, in the big scheme of things, it's not the end of the world. It's just not the direction we want it to travel. And also it can just go back down again. Yeah. So, and then it's like yesterday's news. So, you know, next week or the week after it could be, um, oh yeah, no, it's dropped down a quarter of a percent. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So I'm actually even better off now. Mm. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Well this, well, this is it. And I did a post earlier this week, which I, I put around different socials about my thoughts on, on the market and why it's increasing. And of course, we've had all these different pressures. The GDP that we just mentioned that put us into a recession back in the last year. Inflation did not go down. It stayed level, which I think is a positive. You know, if it doesn't mm. go up, it, you know, fair, fair enough. If it doesn't go up, mm. just stay level if it's not going to go down. Base rate stayed yeah. level. You know, so actually there's all these different things. And what's happening is the swap rates, which is where the, the banks get most of their funding from. That's obviously not feeling as confident it was maybe a few weeks ago. And therefore the swap rates have started rising. Therefore the cost for lenders has increased. And therefore the rate for you, the client has gone up. All we need is some stability, a few numbers that are going down. All of a sudden these swap rates will come down and yeah. therefore lending will come down. And we'll it is a domino it. effect, isn't it? It, it is, it, yeah. Every, everyone gets confidence and everyone makes the decisions. It all goes positive. And, mm. and that's we need more of that press. If yeah. you're listening, we need more positivity, Positive not negativity. Yeah, get your voice out there. Um, on, a, on a good point, though, is that we are still seeing good volumes of business and people coming to us for new purchases, product transfers, switches. The market is buoyant. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I must admit this year has been a really great year business wise. We've helping loads of new customers, existing customers motivated to move. Um, and yeah. And, and just like I said, right at the beginning, people are just more positive now to make the decision and move on. People are reaching out uh, more people actually reaching out on social media as well, which is great. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like to focus on the positives of what's happening rather than negatives as you, as yeah. you know, and, um, yeah, all, all good. There all is good another stuff. positive actually. I know you're Tell probably going to slide this in, but one, you, can't, you can't say that. Why not? <laughs> it's a family oh, show. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to slide in? Yeah. 1% <laughs> deposit. 1% deposit. Do we think <laughs> it's going to really happen? <laughs> well, I don't is know. Rishi gonna I... pull it? Is Rishi gonna pull a rabbit out of a hat? 
I don't know. He could pull anything out of a hat. But all all I know is that <laughs> if he does a one percent deposit, then that is going to be a game changer for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very very positive thing. However, as we've mentioned before, it's just an element of risk. If the market bottoms out, yeah. then they could be in negative equity. And I know we've covered this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I think you know if he listen, it's election year. We all know this. Uh, the Tory the Tories have been slapped about a, bit, a little bit. Uh, with by-elections and things like that so they're they're not feeling in the best position however if they could pull a few things out to sway voters this would be this would be a big one in my opinion because this would really help a lot of people but again I think putting it in perspective like you say it's not all it seems to be because one percent deposit what does that truly mean so if the bank says they'll lend you a hundred thousand pounds and you've got normally a ten percent deposit then you'd only be borrowing ninety thousand which is really good um, however, if you've only got a 1% deposit, that's going to restrict how much extra you could borrow. Um, I have to apologize, Glenn. I've just got something come up on my screen, which is uh, hopefully you guys can't see, <laughs> mm-hmm. which totally distracted me. But that 1%, you know, it will help some people. It won't be, it won't be the golden bullet that everybody needs. Would well, you remember like the stamp duty incentive when that came out? Bearing in mind right now, people are benefiting if you're a first-time buyer anyway from a discount in stamp duty. But back then mm-hmm. they weren't. And they did this stamp duty, didn't they? Oh, my goodness, the market went into meltdown. It was crazy. Yeah, and then, well, there's even talk, isn't there, Ken? There is rumours in the reeds. don't know why. <laughs> in the reeds. reeds. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just want to say that. It sounded quite good. <laughs> yeah, don't, different. Don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> different. <laughs> um, the, the, they may put a hold on stamp duty again. Um, there's There's talk of that. Have you heard that rumour? I haven't actually. I haven't. So it's oh. good to hear from you because yeah, you've also got your finger out there sticking it on pulses. Um, so I've not, I've not heard that. No, but it, again, you know, I think it's this thing. Election year, they're really looking to try and encourage people to vote for them, and they they don't have a lot of things at their disposal. You know, they're trying to bring the economy into check. Yeah, if that happens, happy days. So what else can they do to try and get voters? And it's things like this, I, isn't it? Yeah, and do you know what? I think the biggest thing was they they thought that people would still move. Uh, and I think they had such a big period of last year where people didn't move. Mm. They obviously didn't get a lot of income from stamp duty because yeah. people weren't moving anyway. So they've sort of factored that in and thought, well, actually, if we do a period of time where there is no stamp duty anyway, we're gonna we're not going to get a, an income increase, but there is going to be a push for the economy and people will be moving and then there'll be a knock-on effect, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. It is just a rumour that I've I've seen on other social media platforms um and read in articles so what what we'll update you as soon as we hear we will update you yeah stay tuned for more on that uh the housing secretary good old michael gove he's recently announced that new laws aimed at regulating airbnb style short-term lets are going to be happening and basically what they're saying is that people letting out their property as a short-term holiday let uh might need to seek permission from the local council under a new use category However, mm. the crackdown would not apply to individuals renting out their main home if it's for 90 days or less. So I've sort of seen this to some degree in action in South Wales when I was looking at uh, a potentially holiday let. And I need to tell the council and basically the council tax on that property would have cost me four times the standard council tax. And that is trying to dissuade people from taking away property stock from the local community, which I sort of mm. get. Mm. Um, what do you think about that? What do you think about this new Airbnb? Uh, I 
I just think it's squeezing people again. It's, it's people that are trying to be entrepreneurial and, and work them, you know, maximize their money. It's not just the super rich that this is going to affect. And it's like, oh, it's another thing. These is like everyday people that have maybe saved up or inherited some money um, and they're trying to make use of it. And also it's with Airbnb, you, when we look how popular it is, loads of people use it. They yeah. get the opportunity to spend a period of time in a in a property that they couldn't probably afford to live in or maybe not afford to uh, rent it out um, while they're on holiday and stuff. And I just think squeezing areas where people are trying to be entrepreneurial, I don't I don't agree with, yeah. if I'm honest. I think if they're going to do that, they need to try and incentivize in another way. Mm. um well, so it's not, an empty, it's not an empty property is it you get all these people that <clears throat> excuse me invest from abroad buy a property they maybe use it a week a year and mm. all the rest of the time it's just dead it's nothing's mm. happening there but yeah. with airbnbs it's usually people are coming to visit whether it's a stag do whether it's just coming to visit family i know a lot of people use airbnbs when they go visit their children if they've got graduate awards you know if they're studying and if mm. you think that brings money into the economy into the local area as well They'll, they will go out probably to restaurants. They'll shop in the area. They'll be spending money in the area. So actually, if you think about it, they are bringing in money to the area. Whereas yeah. maybe these people that are wealthy, super wealthy, who can just afford a property and come and visit it every now and again, they're not doing that. So I think there is a distinct difference between a holiday home that you might visit once or twice a year or an Airbnb, which is actively being used. Yeah. I mean, on a positive, it's not in place yet. It's just talk. No um so nothing but it, for but it is my it is michael gove though so he does yeah. he does like he does like a headline or two of that man yeah and there's no smoke without fire in, in most cases when it comes to stuff like this but mm. we still don't know when we find out more information we'll update it on here so don't forget to like and follow the podcast so you can get up-to-date info from the horses mouths <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna have to start giving you a script you can't keep we're listening in the reeds we're the horses we're the horses well this is why this is so raw like you said oh, last mate, week I know. we we have I, no script we've just we got our questions I I and we you, just talk i know i think somebody should hold us back sometimes lend a spotlight <laughs> i wanted to create a new little topic i don't know how much time we'll have today but i want to throw this in like a little lender's spotlight whereby we look at a lender, see what unique proposition they might have, tell you about it. Um, but those who maybe are in the business, it might be an eye oh, I didn't know that. And uh, hopefully it'll just educate a little bit and it'll, it'll raise a profile of a few things. So today's lender spotlight, guys, is Virgin Money. Good old Virgin. Uh, they have a new product which came out actually the back end of January. I think it was about the 26th of Jan. And it's called Fix and Switch. Have you heard of it, Glenn? It sounds like a dance move that you would do. I know, it could be Strictly Come Dancing. He's done a fix and switch. Uh, well, the fix and switch is a really, actually, I think it's quite a good product in the current climate mm. because you've got all these people, oh, should I do a two-year, shall I do a five? You know, the eternal TikTok question. And mm. uh, actually, this sort of covers both sides because what it's saying is we'll give you a fix for five years. And this is for uh, new purchasers and remortgages, guys. Okay, so a fix for five years, which on the face of it, you say, well, where's the benefit? Well, the benefit is that you can actually come out of that fix after two years uh, with no early repayment penalty. So you could leave, you could switch, you could go to a different product with them, or you could go to a new lender with no ERCs. So I think that they, they're they a bit shy about it. They're, they're quite, they're saying, we're the only ones that do this. Oh, yes. Mm. You know, mm. so it is unique to them at the moment. I think other lenders may come on a bit like we were talking last week with April, 
you know, where they've got no ERCs. This yeah. is another option for someone who maybe is sitting on the fence. Shall I do the long term or short term? So I think a really good option for some people, fix and switch, Virgin, Modern Virgin. Yeah, it's a good product. And again, it just, just depends on whether the rate is good for that person because they might want that flexibility, but um, the rate might be more expensive than if they were looking at a comparable market. But yeah, always exactly, cost, isn't exactly, there's always a cost, but it's good to have these options mm. because it might someone with a small mortgage might not really be bothered too much about the rate. They just want the flexibility because of their lifestyle or they might want to come out of it in two years. They're not sure. Or they might be moving abroad. You don't know. So it could Very work. True. Very true. Horses just, for courses. Horses, oh, he's back, he's back on the bloody <laughs> equestrian thing again, isn't he? Right. I want to raise something very quickly. When I'm speaking, when people are talking to me about our podcast and they say, Oh, do you know what? And they're talking about episodes that sort of struck a chord with them. The one, one of the ones that always gets mentioned is the birthday party for the kids, where I mentioned because your your son had his, I think mm. he was Captain America, wasn't he last year? That's it. And he's yeah. just had his birthday again, hasn't he? No, my oh, youngest. This, is... this is your youngest. And what did he yeah. dress up as this year? It was it was Paw Patrol because he's only three. Okay, bless. Did your others? <laughs> did uh, your eldest? Did he dress up? I seem to recall him with nunchakers or something. Oh no, that was my youngest. That yeah. was the youngest with Yeah, he dressed up as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle <laughs> <laughs> with it. nunchucks. I love it. And do you remember I was talking about Captain Captain Scarlet who cacked his pants mm. but would not <laughs> come off the circle when Spider-Man was performing? And how, yeah. So that's the one that people always come back to me. But we've been getting some amazing feedback from last week's show. Mm. Uh, people that are welcome us back. Some complete randoms, uh, new people to the show who are just saying really enjoyed it. Um, so it's, it's been really well received, I think. Yeah, yeah, and you got a really lovely one, didn't you? Um, and, uh, and we don't want to embarrass the the listener and, and and read it out, but it was it was really really lovely, wasn't it? Very yeah. very positive, um, and, and unexpected. It, it, yeah, totally unexpected, and we get comments left as well. Really really positive, kind comments um, on the podcast, and um, yeah, and a real increase in listeners as well. So yeah. it's been it's been lovely and people reaching out saying when's the next episode and stuff. And that's really positive because, again, like yeah. Ken said before, we do this in our own time. Uh, we don't get paid to do it. it. It's just to educate and help people. And um, while you're doing your ironing or whether you're in the car on your way to your next meeting or whatever you're doing, it, uh, it may be kills half an hour 40 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah kills it dead but no it has it has been really nice to hear the comments and we have grown our listenership um and guys thank you very much do keep liking do keep sharing and do make sure you hit follow because then you'll get alerted every time a new episode comes to the to yeah. you know to what's the word to the foreground to the front when it gets released there you go to the release that. when it gets released yeah. yes raw <laughs> it's question time. Question time. I'm going to see if I can stick in some music though. I don't know, but we'll see. But we, why, why do we need it when we've got? <laughs> no, but you'll probably add it. You'll probably add it while we're talking. Oh, uh, do you know what? <laughs> if I only had the technology know-how. So it is that famous section of the show, which is question and answers time. So let's mm. get cracking. So this one, I'm going to throw straight at you, Glenn, because I love you so much, and I thought you'd be Thanks. the best person for this. Just Thanks. in time, 1997. Oh, we're mm. going to go see Justin Timberlake on Friday. Whoop, whoop. Sorry, Are just you? yeah, Lisa got free tickets. She entered a competition what? and she won. You're joking. No, going to see. She Mr. won a competition. That, won a competition. that is amazing yeah that never happens does it never happens we had a quiz night booked with the scouts and now we're going to go see mr jt himself 
Nice. What, the O2? No, Camden. Don't ask me where. Oh, okay. Somewhere in Camden. Yeah. Is it the actual real Justin Timberlake? Yes, it's some, not like, a, yes, some it estate is, agent yeah. called Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, it's a tribute act. Uh, just in time, 1997. Thank you very much for this question. I am a first-time buyer and on my own. My mortgage has just been approved, but should I take life cover? I don't have a partner or children. Such a great question, actually, um, because obviously it's very, very important. And we always talk about it with protection in, the, in addition to your mortgage. But what do you do if you're on your own and you haven't got any kids, like children, and you haven't got a partner? Then if you die, if you die, yeah, let's <laughs> not go there. Um, but if if you die, then who are you going to leave it to? Are you going to leave it to another family member, maybe nieces and nephews, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Um, do you have any other family? So I guess it is really independent, individual to you. Um, but what we would always say is it's always best to have something in place because at the end of the day, you've worked hard, you've, you've built up that deposit, you're paying that mortgage off. Um, but I think the, the, the key thing is what is who you're going to leave the property to. Can I throw do in you want... as well? Sorry, Glenn, sorry, because you mentioned about they don't have anybody now, but what if they do meet someone and have yeah. kids and they're maybe five, six, seven years older, the life insurance would be then more expensive, whereas if they'd yeah. taken it back then, because you don't know what life's going to throw at you, do you? Exactly. And also... It's really important to have a will, have a yeah. will in place because that, you know, you're going to, the money's going to go to the right people then. So the, you know, they're going to have a record that there is an insurance policy. Cause what if someone doesn't know that you've set one up and then you've died and you haven't got any family, um, is your niece and nephews who may be young going to go, Oh yes, uncle, blah, 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 or auntie had an insurance policy with blah, blah, blah. They're not going to know that. So these things are just going to sit there dormant. Mm. um so it's really important to have a will in place and to um make sure that it's specifically ex well, exactly where you want the money to go to yeah that's and, and that and that someone knows about it uh yeah. i mean there may be some individuals who truly don't have anybody around them i, I feel for you but uh hopefully you've got a friend and yeah. uh just talk to your friend yeah. yeah get them let them know what the situation is don't tell them how exactly. much you're insured for though because you never know how good a friend they might be yeah exactly especially if you walk past the stairs oh <laughs> yeah don't walk past the stairs with the best friend anyway, who's just been talking about on. life insurance moving on <laughs> sorry yeah sorry glenn <laughs> that's all right that's fine okay so this one's for you lottie lottie one six seven sounds like i want to break into a song when i say that but well, i don't you know did what last, I... you did last week didn't you did i i can't help myself i'm sorry mate the okay so so ken yeah Oh, this one is a bit, oh, Ooh, right. We might it? upset okay. some parents here. <laughs> my dad said to not use a broker as they charge a fee and to go to my bank, who is Barclays. He said, I've had a bank account with them since I was a child, so they will be my best option. Is this true? Oh, Ken. Thanks, Glenn. So Sorry, Lottie, mate. Lottie, 167. Um, listen, I understand why your dad might be saying it. And depending on what generation your dad is is from, um, you know, your bank always was your go-to, always. You had personal mm. relationships. You'd go and speak to your bank manager. You knew them by name, maybe even drank in the same pub with them. Uh, but it's not like that now. And also what your dad's suggesting is restricting you from seeing the whole picture. So it's mm. it's a bit like looking through the peephole of your front door. Yes, you get a little bit of a view, but you need to open the door sometimes and see what's beyond the door. Did you like that, Glenn? That's really, really deep for you. Thank actually, you very much. Ken. Yeah, I just yeah. made it up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> but you are, you're being restricted, you're blinkered. Um, what your dad's suggesting is saying, look, go to Barclays. To him, they're the best because they're your bank. But actually, 
Is Barclays Service good? Is your criteria right for them? Do they have the best deal? The, mm. the, to be honest, the answer to those questions may be yes, but they could also quite easily be no. And it might be the HSBC or Halifax is a much better deal for you based on your scenario, situation, circumstance. So don't be blinkered. Speak to a broker. Your broker is going to look at your individual circumstances, find a lender that meets your needs, meets your criteria, and puts you in the very best light. Now, yes, there are many brokers who, charges, who charge fees. I'm one of them. Glenn is one of them. But there are some that don't. Uh, you will pick who you believe is going to be working for you and in your best interest, and you will go with that. Um, but is that fee worth paying? Yes, 100%. If you can get a much better deal and if you can be saved the hassle and the pain of sitting down for three or four hours with individual brokers in, or advisors in a bank, um, I think it's very much worth it because you're going to get the best deal you possibly can and you're going to know it's the best. And also to add on that, naturally people will be like oh well i'll just go with a free broker then i won't pay mm. for a broker they do the yeah. same job the difference that you do need to know is that some brokers that um that don't charge a fee actually work off of a panel so what that means is that they have a limited amount of mortgage lenders they have access to so you could use um another broker that you know there are free ones out there that may be whole of market or have a comprehensive range of lenders um but there are also brokers out there that have access to lenders where other brokers don't so yeah. again that may well be why it's worth paying the fee because it could save you money if they can access a deal which your free paying broker hasn't got access to so it's just yeah. a little add-on for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. And I also think that some free brokers are actually very new brokers to the industry, maybe don't have a lot of experience, maybe just trying to bring in clients. And therefore, by being a free proposition, they feel that they are going to be more attractive than someone who's not, who is mm. who is charging. Again, you know, the, the people that generally are charging have been around a long time, good experience, good level of uh, of financial knowledge but again horses for courses you know you'll do yeah. what you want you know the horses thing uh, right it. let's uh, i hope that helps anyway lottie lottie uh but please don't tell your dad we told him he was wrong because i don't want to get That's... on the wrong side of your dad craig l finance hi guys oh ooh. you're both really great and i love this podcast thank you very much craig i could see you both have a lot of experience yes it's the wise and faces i'm a new <laughs> broker and employed but wanted to venture out to self-employed was it hard to build up a customer base thank you Yes, that's a lovely comment. Thank you very much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'll answer that one to start. So yeah, I'm conscious of time and I know we've got a few more to get through. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a big jump. It is a big leap. Um, I think any any job going from employed to self-employed is a risk, but it, you have to have a calculated risk. You need to, I'd say before jump, before you jump, look at your network, look at um, any introducers that you could get whether that's family friends local solicitors accountants etc state agents um check your contract as well because contracts can be watertight and you don't want to get yourself in hot water and then lose your license over things like that um so i would i would just go with eyes open don't just look at the sort of like the money and the freedom and all that sort of stuff all the positives that that brokers some brokers can can have um, there's a lot of hard work that goes beyond uh, when you when you reach out to uh, or when you go out sorry on your own and I think just don't give up a lot of people go the stories I hear all the time that employed brokers go self-employed and then if they're not earning tons of money in the first six months they then revert to an employed role within a bank or a building society and they just say oh yeah I was a broker once but it didn't work yeah 
so that that is the reality i would say ken yeah i agree it's hard work guys you know it's hard work being self-employed you know everything sort of rests on your shoulders but don't forget you can actually be self-employed but working for someone else i was self-employed broker working for someone else for quite a long time and it worked Mm. out quite well for me up to a point where i really wanted to create my own business and therefore i left and became what i would class as the real self-employed whereby Mm. everything rests on my shoulders um you know i know you take people on glenn i'm sure you've got employed maybe self-employed as well so yeah both yeah yeah, so you can have you can have the the comfort of being within an organization but being self-employed and that can help some people i mean glenn's got a very large tiktok following he'll get leads from there and he'll get leads from all these other sources solicitors accountants estate agents so if there's overspill some of that will pop down to you hopefully i'm not speaking out of turn but it's, um, you know, you can get support from being self-employed with working with someone, but also mm. you could decide, well, actually what I truly want is my own business. So I want it to be Ken James on the door and I want it to be mine. That does carry, you know, a lot of hard work with it. You've got to build up your clients, you've got to build up your networks. You've got to make sure, as Glenn said, you're not peeing off somebody with a contract whereby you've been told you're not allowed to touch database and stuff like that. So there's a lot to think about, a lot of different options, but good luck, really good question. Good luck with it. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Should we go to the last question first and see if we can get the next one in? Because I think yeah. it's important because it's sort of touching on from from last week. Okay. Um, so this one for, for you, Ken. Fat boy loves cake. That wasn't me <laughs> saying that to you, Ken. That's the, that's their name. <laughs> I said last week I was a bit porky over Christmas, didn't I? Uh, what does so, fat boy loves cake want? Um, I listened to your podcast last week. You mentioned porting. My broker has said that I am downsizing. Um I may have to pay an early repayment charge. Is this correct? So they're downsizing to a smaller cool. property. Yeah. So we did cover off porting mortgages last week. Um, it's a really good pickup, actually, because we didn't mention this side of it. It didn't come up. Um, now, you've got a broker. So kudos to you for that because they're helping you manage this. So that's a really good thing. And if they've looked at it and they're telling you about downsizing, what they're really saying is if you've got a mortgage for £100,000 and you've decided rather than what a lot of people do, which is up, upscaling so maybe going to a bigger house needing a bigger mortgage you put over what you've got and you borrow some additional money it might be that you're downsizing to i don't know a little property that's only needed 50 grand now all mm. of a sudden you only need 50,000 but you've got a 100 grand mortgage so that 50,000 that you don't need anymore is going to get repaid to the bank now the bank will have an allowance that you're allowed to overpay by and if you go back to your original offer it will tell you whether that's 10 or 20 or nothing so if you exceed that 10 percent, 20 percent, whatever the figure is then you would have to pay an early repayment charge or whatever the percentage is at this time on the difference between that. So that's a really good thing that your broker has pointed out to you. And it's mm. exactly that sort of thing that brokers bring to the table. It's an awareness and understanding and bringing you up to speed with what the potential issues may be. And then you're in a better place to make a decision about what you want to do. Yeah. And the reason is for that is because the lender is technically uh, the amount of money that they they have estimated they're going to earn off of you having that mortgage. Your circumstances have changed. So you now want to pay more back. And they're like, well, wait a minute, we're not going to be out of pocket for that. So that's why they have a charge in place, don't they, Ken? Because it's a percentage of, yeah. what, of what they would have lost. Yeah. Whereas if it's going the other way, they're, they're making money. So, yeah, they're a lot more happy to service your needs without any penalties. So, yeah. Really good pick up that. And thanks, Fat Boy Loves Cake. I love that name. What a great name. Uh, right, we have got roughly about three minutes. So let's we can check do it. this in. Yeah, Paula Watts, 25689. A buy to let still a good investment. You say that, this is a big one. Or would you say invest in shares instead? And should I buy in personal name or limited company? 
Oh wow! I know that in three minutes. Okay, so I'll I'll, first bet. Okay, I'll touch on it. So I buy to let still a good investment. Um, in my opinion, yes, they are. It all depends on how much you buy it for. That's where you the most of the time that you make your profit is on the purchase, not necessarily on the sale. Um, so I would say yes. Do your research on the area. Speak to estate agents. Um, look at the rental yield, speak to a broker first as well, because even though on paper it might look fantastic, when you come to remortgage, you need to make sure that your rental um, covers the existing mortgage or if you need to borrow any more. So do your numbers. That's what I would say. Do you want to add anything for the next bit, Ken? Okay. So the next bit is, uh, would you say investing shares? Listen, I think it's great to have a balanced portfolio. Uh, When I used to be a financial advisor in the banks, and people say, oh, I, I don't want to invest in, I don't want to buy property. I want to just do shares. So what's wrong with having a bit of both? You know, if you can have a bit of money in a pension, providing for your later life, if you can have some shares that are rising and falling with the stock market and have some property, it's like the it's like the golden triangle. I think if you can have a mixture of everything, you get a balanced portfolio, but you mm. need to look at your numbers, exactly what Glenn's saying. The numbers need to stack up. Can you afford the investment? Do you understand the risk? And if you understand the risk, because it's high level, you know, it's different levels of risk with investment shares. Yeah, medium, high, low, you know, you could be in guilt, low risk. You could be investing in alternative investment funds abroad. So you've got to be mindful of the risk that you take. But we can't tell you whether one is better than the other. I think a balanced approach is best. Definitely. Um, And I'll touch on the last one, buying personal name or limited company name. So uh, personal name can be great because generally the rates at the moment are lower. However, if it's in your personal name, then you need to factor in the income coming into you personally. So if you're working as well, it could push you into a different tax threshold, which means then it's not as lucrative. Um, You need to speak to an accountant or a tax specialist before making any decision, whether putting in personal name or limited company. If you are set in buying multiple properties in a limited company, uh, multiple properties, then limited company may be a better option for you because there are loads of tax advantages. Um, But again, you know, you need to speak to a tax specialist on this and definitely a broker. Yeah, good shout. Nothing to add on that. Speak to a tax specialist, make sure it works for you and do discuss with your broker about the numbers. Amazing. So we were very short on time there. So hopefully you've got a lot from that. That's the quickest answer we've ever given. Multi, we sort of tagged each other. So we are coming to the end of this week's. Do give us a follow, do share this and do like it. We will be back in two weeks time. So for now, it is goodbye from Ken. And it's goodbye from Glenn. Goodbye. Goodbye. For more episodes and content, don't forget to click on the like and the follow button. It really helps the channel to grow and reach out to like-minded listeners. Thanks for listening. The Property Den with Ken and Glenn.